Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it. Oh, McKinley Wright. Welcome into the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by the Colorado XOs. I'm Henry Chisholm, and there really isn't much for news today. Um, But uh, yesterday, Mark Perry said that he is working at free safety right now, which I think is interesting considering, you know, that's the one open job in the secondary. Um, All the jobs are up for grabs and that kind of stuff. But everybody who started last year's back, except for Darian Rakestra, who transferred to Tulane. Um, so because Mark Perry's working there, um, maybe that's just enough insight to justify going through this defensive depth chart and, and making some guesses as to what it's going to look like and who's going to fit in where. And, uh, that's what we're going to do today. Um, so yeah, that, that's the plan. Uh, tomorrow. Oh, I'm not sure who we're going to hear from tomorrow. Um, I'll pull that up and I'll let you guys know by the time this is over. But yeah, uh, we'll be back to some football stuff and some new football stuff, I guess, tomorrow. And then on Thursday, uh, we got something cool coming. Uh, Libby Garrity, Hannah Schartz, the captains of the Buff soccer team that are, so obviously they made it into the NCAA tournament. Their first game is going to be Tuesday at five o'clock Denver time. Um, They're going to be on the podcast. And so I'm pretty excited. I think the we've got a Zoom set up for 4 o'clock, so be on the lookout for that late Thursday night and definitely get to it before that game on Tuesday because, like I said, this team is positioned well to make a run. And again, positioning isn't all everything, you know. There, there's a lot that goes into it. you got to be good at soccer, but it's definitely going to be fun catching up with them after a crazy year that they've had you know we've talked about what it's like for football basketball going through covid soccer now they're playing a spring season um so much to talk about so much to talk about excited for that and then friday there's another scrimmage uh the third scrimmage of four i guess yeah that's what you'd call it because the fourth scrimmage next friday is actually the buff spring game um i mentioned this yesterday but it was kind of late in the podcast so i'll say it again see you expects to hear back from the county of boulder sometime this week with information about who's going to be allowed at um the spring game uh so so cu sent a bunch of different proposals some that were for a lot of people some that were for just a few people um and then pretty much everything in between and so the county will say like oh well with 
this many people, you say you can spread them this way and open this many gates and distance them however, and the bathrooms will have lines, this, whatever. And, and they take all that and say, we can have this number. And then uh, what CU will do is prioritize the friends and family of like players, coaches, all that, and then season ticket holders, and then everybody else. And so if it's a small number, who knows? Maybe it's just friends and family. Maybe it's friends and family season ticket holders. Who knows? Maybe they say, you know what? Things are going well. Let's let 50,000 people in here. Personally, I'd be a little bit surprised given <laughs> what Boulder County is and all that. But, you know, that's not the point. Um, So there you go. I feel like those are all the notes. Big note, though, again, Thursday is going to be so much fun. I hope you guys are excited because I know that I am. Um, so, yeah. Uh, before we get into some football stuff, let's talk a little bit more about the Colorado XOs, the presenting sponsor of this podcast. So they're a rugby team, a brand new rugby team, um, a brand new rugby team actually that is three and one in its first season, which is really impressive, even more impressive because most of the team had never played rugby before. Uh, they're, they're taking athletes who played other sports and teaching them how to play rugby with the idea of getting them onto the U.S. national team. They train at the uh, Rugby Town National Training Center in Glendale, Infinity Park out there, um, the exact same place that the national team trains. That's, again, the whole point of this. Uh, it's cool stuff. You can follow along with DMVR Rugby on Twitter, uh, the DMVR Rugby podcast, all that stuff. Um, so do that. Okay. Um, this defense. So like I said, the reason we're doing this is because we haven't had too many details about where people are going to fit in, I guess. You know, I mean, that's to be expected because a lot of players, like Jalen Sami, where does he fit in? Uh, he's going to be your nose tackle. You know, it's not, it's not all that complicated. Terrence Lang, Carson Wells, a lot of these spots are, at least for the most part, kind of solidified. Um, but learning that Mark Perry is working at free safety, I think, I think that that's interesting. Because, you know, in the past, he played that first season at star, played last season at strong safety. Both of those positions mean that you're up in the box more, playing a more physical role. Well, what do we know about the man? Well, he runs a 10-6-5 meter dash, uh, good enough to beat all of the Division One tracksers. And actually, I don't know that everybody sent, like, their best runners, but all the Division One runners in the in Colorado. Sorry, there's a soccer game on. A wild game. So here's what happened. I took uh, I took Gotham, the the new NWSL team, and I guess it's really just a rebrand. Um, they were plus 500 to win this game, and I was like, well, that doesn't make much sense. Sure, North Carolina Courage, very good. They aren't going to beat them. Um, but basically, Gotham went up early by a goal, then gave up two quick ones and were down 2-1, and then they scored two more of their own and went up 3-2, and then just now they gave up another goal to now be 3-3. It's been wild in a way that, you know, soccer typically isn't. Again, long-time listeners of this podcast know, I I do like women's soccer. There's something about it. Like, I here's, here's another thing. You know, I... I was talking to my barber and he was telling me some of the, the things that he likes to do when he's betting, um, you know, because that's the kind of stuff that you talk about uh, when you're at the barber. And one of the things that he said that he likes to do is 
uh, like wait until like eight o'clock when a lot of the hockey games are getting close to wrapping up and just picking like four of those that are in like the third period. Maybe one of them's like in the second period and calling the exact score. So say like the Avs are up like three, one, um, with 10 minutes left. Maybe you say like, Oh, I think they'll get another. I'm going to take them four one. And because you're so close to the end, you have decent odds of hitting the score that you like. And the payouts are just really big. So he was telling me about that. He also was telling me about how there's always like European soccer that is starting right when we wake up in the United States. And if you just wake up and bet on no more goals to be scored the rest of the way in all those games at around halftime when you wake up, uh, you wind up making a bunch of money. Um, and that's been my experience with soccer outside of women's soccer where there's upsets. And I know people point to like the U.S. women's national team. It's like, well... They've won, like, what, two World Cups in the last... Maybe it is three in the last, like, five of them, six of them. doesn't matter. Point is, I've been thinking a lot about soccer. I've got a soccer game on. Uh, Thursday is going to be fun. Um, the death chart, though. Let's start at the defensive line. Um, so, along the defensive line... I think you you have a pretty good sense of the starters already just because you really didn't lose all that much. Mustafa, of course, is gone, but you bring back Jalen Sami. He's going to be your starting nose tackle. Um, I'm, I'm pretty confident saying that. Terrence Lang, yeah, he's he's going to be one of your starting defensive ends. There's a job open. You know, we've, we've talked about the candidates. I've heard good things about Janaz Jordan, who needs to get a little bit back into shape because of the flu stuff. Austin Williams, who also needs to get in a little bit better shape. Um, I, Carl was talking about a lot of the defensive linemen need to get back into shape yesterday. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, among those two, with Niam Rodman, Jeremiah Doss, Lloyd Murray, Justin Jackson. Um, plus, I mean, th- there's more on the weight, too. And it's easy to forget because we only bring these guys up occasionally. Um, for example, like Blaine Toll, he... I believe he he just spent one year um, with Arkansas as a defensive lineman, listed as 6'5", 235 right now. So, I mean, that's not going to do. You're going to need to weigh more than 235 pounds to play defensive line. But, hey, you know, you, you stick at 235 and play outside linebacker, then maybe there's a path. At the same time, there isn't really a path because of Carson Wells and Josh Gustav. There's, there's a path down the road, but not not in 2021 at least as things stand right now. Um, But you have him coming in, and I guess that's the only one who you really look at as, you know, a a real competitor. Um, You know, there's like freshman, that kind of stuff. Um, Jack Lamb, we talk about occasionally from Notre Dame. He shows up um, this summer. He has two years of eligibility left at linebacker. Um, We'll get there, though. Um, The point is, you've got Terrence Lang. You've got Jalen Sami. The the last starter's tough to choose. I think, oh, goodness. Let's go with Niam Rodman. Let's go with Niam Rodman. Um, positive reports about him. Positive reports about Janaz Jordan, Oswin, basically all those guys. Um, and there honestly isn't all that much to talk about. The big question is what we're going to be getting to at the end, which is the secondary. Um, but... Let's move to the outside linebackers. Obviously, you've got Carson Wells in one spot. The other spot, um, Guy Thomas, Shamar Montgomery, heard good things about Josh Gustav still. I think that he's very much in play to get that other starting job. Um, 
he's growing on me. Um, not because his like play is improving or anything like that, which I'm sure it is, but because he's a talented guy and he was productive when he was on the field. We've heard uh, this emphasis from a bunch of different coaches, including the uh, defensive coordinator, Chris Wilson, who's also the defensive line coach, which I guess maybe that's not the same, but seems like they would work in conjunction with the edge rushers quite a bit. Um, but yeah, I do think that when we hear those guys say we're, we're going to work on evaluating our guys, we want to make sure that we know who the best players are and put them on the field in situations where they can succeed. And I think that Josh Gustav is such a good pass rusher, again, in, in a small sample size, um, but the numbers are what they are. And I think that when you see those numbers and if he pops it all in camp, you can you, you have at least a little evidence to back it up. And if you're wrong, what do you do? Hey, Guy Thomas, it's week two. You're the starter now. Or it's week three. It's week four. Whenever it's time to pull the plug. Um, so so that's kind of what I'm thinking. Um, I'd say it's a pretty fair fight with Josh, Guy, and Jamar. Um, one of those three is going to start. Devin Grant, another option, some other guys out there. Uh, but obviously Carson Wells holds down one spot. I think it's one of those three it gets the other. Um, defensive line also is tough because all of them are getting in. You know, you're going to have a seven seven man rotation problem. Maybe you could justify eight if you wanted if you have enough guys back there this year. Um, but because of that, and because they're going to be used situationally, and the question is more like who's going to be on the field the most. And I'm going to say number one, Terrence Lang. Number two, Jalen Sami. Number three, Nyam Rodman. Um, from there, number four, Janaz Jordan, Williams, Doss, Jackson. That those are those are tough. Um, but and then that's as of today. We'll we'll see what happens. Um, inside linebackers, Nate obviously gets one of those spots. Um, from there, though, very much up in the air. You have John Van Deest who has the most experience with the buffs of the group. Um, most experience anywhere. Yeah, because the two transfers wouldn't have more. Um, from there, you've got the young guys like Quinn Perry, like Mr. Williams, Marvin Ham, um, Alvin Williams. And you also potentially could put uh, Robert Barnes there if that's where you think that he'd fit best. And that's what we've heard uh, he is working at is at inside linebacker. And then of course mentioned Jack Lamb um, coming over from Notre Dame. So I, I mean, Nate's getting one of the starting spots, assuming he's back healthy. We've heard a whole bunch of positive things. Um, even like it started with, we think he's going to be back in time for the season. And we've heard he's progressed well from then we've heard positive reports from that point. And so, who knows? They might have him just at the start of camp. I wouldn't be all that surprised. Um, so Nate gets one of the jobs. I'd say Robert Barnes, based on what we've heard from the coaches so far, is probably the the favorite right now for the other. Um, and then, you know, first of all, we, we haven't even seen Jack Lamb. And we haven't heard all that much about him because none of the coaches have even got their hands on him. So we'll, he doesn't even really factor in until August when we start to hear what's up. Um, as of right now, 
I'm, I'm going to guess depth because he's going to have to learn the system, all that kind of stuff. So if I had to handicap, who's up next? Um, I'm going Van Deest, uh, Perry, Marvin Ham is going to be my guess. Um, obviously, all provide just totally different things. Uh, very different things than Barnes too. And I think that's why Barnes kind of having the experience playing safety, playing linebacker, that, that, that makes him the favorite to get that starting job because what do you want next to Nate? First of all, I mean, you don't want to, to let the defense get leaky in the run game or anything like that, but the, the, the strength of Nate's is playing the run game, the weakness in coverage. So try to bounce out with a cover guy. I think that leads to Barnes. Um, from there, I think, Van Deest is probably next up because you, you trust him not to make mistakes. The man knows where to be, and then he gets there. Um, from there, again, I'm, I'm going Quinn Perry, Marvin Ham. From there, I mean, Mr. Williams could very much be in that conversation. Alvin Williams, too. It just kind of depends. And we haven't really heard all that much. I and mean, we've heard that that I think Quinn Perry's gotten called out by name. Um by Carl off the top of my head. We've heard good things broadly about that group, but not too much about the details. Um, The secondary, though, and that's why we're doing this, is because this group gets fun. Um, Makai Blackman, currently working at the Star. He says he's going to be back outside during the season. So there you go. He's outside. Christian Gonzalez, also outside. They're your two cornerbacks. Now you've got three more spots to fill. Um, your star spot, that's that slot spot, um, hybrid, you, you want like somebody who can cover and tackle and blitz and it's tough to find that guy. You had Davion Taylor a couple years ago and you're just trying to find another one of him really. Um, then free safety, strong safety. And, and it's, it's, it's crowded. Um, again, Mark Perry working at free safety. I think that he's very much in that conversation. I mean, again, the man is winning track meets, running the 100-meter dash. I like the idea of getting him away from the line of scrimmage. No more star, no more strong safety. Let him get in space and run because he is a, a big, bigger safety um, for, for the college level. Um, he's also, I think, a pretty physical safety. Um, and, and because of those traits, I think that it's easy to try to, to put him up closer to the line. Um, but I, I do think that the number one trait that he has and the trait you try to maximize is that speed and letting him play the deep middle is a, a way to take advantage of that. And then talking to Mark again yesterday, what did he say? He said that he can feel the speed that is developing, um, because of what the the month or so that he's had of track practice and he can feel it particularly when he's running downhill trying to break up the crossing routes um which is what his role would be is free safety and obviously that's why he's saying that's where he feels it but i i do think that that's a good fit for him that is a good fit for him I don't know that he's going to win the starting job, though. It's going to be competitive. Um, let's start by just going through the players. So I do think Isaiah Lewis is going to be a, a really big factor. I think that from there, you look at Chris Miller 
as a guy who should be, but he hasn't provided all that much in the last couple of years just because he's been stuck with injuries. Um, you know, he switched to safety last season, kind of wondering after coming off the injuries he's had, would his body hold up in a more physical role because uh, he was playing cornerback before? The answer, at least last year, was no. Um, and so I think that that's kind of the big question mark there. Um, and then I think you do look at Tamark Perry, number three. I think we've heard very good things about Ray Robinson, who's working at strong safety. Um, Mark Perry also said um, he, he's been running with Ray Robinson. So that means Mark Perry's out there at free safety, Ray's at strong safety. I, I wonder whether that's the number one group or the number two group. Because as you try to piece this together, if those are your number ones, Makai Blackman in the slot, then that means Isaiah Lewis, Chris Miller, all them on the bench. And I think that Isaiah Lewis, Chris Miller may be your your free safety, strong safety starting combo at this point um, in camp. And they're rotating a lot and all that kind of stuff. But just guessing off of what Mark Perry said, that would be my initial reaction, you probably want Isaiah Lewis closer to the line just because of the injuries that Chris Miller has had um, and because Isaiah can play basically anywhere you want him. So um, obviously things will change a little bit because Makai Blackman will be out of the star spot during the season and at cornerback. And that means Isaiah Lewis could move there. Chris Miller could move there. Maybe Ray Robinson or Mark Perry gets bumped up into that spot. Um, You know, Mark Perry played the star... His, his first season, um, then last season, moved to strong safety. And again, he said yesterday that it was kind of tough changing positions um, without any spring camp and it, with everything changing because of the pandemic. Um, so even though I personally like the idea of Mark Perry playing deep if you're going to put him on the field, again, in theory, because the coaches are actually out there seeing that every day, I'm just sitting here thinking about it. But um I do like the idea of that with Isaiah Lewis maybe moving into the slot with Chris Miller starting at strong safety. I don't know. Ray Robinson could also get one of these jobs over Mark Perry. Absolutely could. We've we've been hearing glowing reviews about Ray during camp. It's just that as prospects, you know, we haven't seen all that much of Ray outside of special team stuff. Um, Curtis Appleton got in last year. Um, so... He's, he's a factor as well. Um, Torin Pittman, who was a true freshman last year, that means he's a true freshman again this year. He could be out there this season too. He was somebody who I thought had a real chance to be a, a, an important piece of the secondary last year if things went well. And obviously that was not an easy year for freshmen to, to get big roles. But as you look at this, a lot of spots are kind of up in the air. To me, the most interesting part of this defense is at least in terms of how it's going to be structured, is those those three safety spots. Strong safety, free safety, and star. Um, and I do think that Isaiah Lewis, in his senior year, after doing what he did last year, he's going to get one of those jobs. And I'm, I'm confident saying that. Chris Miller, I think if he's, if he's healthy, he gets one of those jobs too. And then from there, it's tough. Between Mark Perry and Ray Robinson, that's that's uh, 
they're they're kind of tied in my book right now. And then behind them, you've probably got Curtis Appleton tied with Torin Pittman. Um, and on top of all of that, you know, Makai says he's going back outside during the season. He was, I mean, by the metrics, one of the three best cornerbacks in the Pac-12 last year. So it would be weird to change that. Christian Gonzalez is a pretty pure outside cornerback. You could, though, in theory, move Makai back inside still, start Nigel Bethel, who does a lot of good things, and, you know, there, there, there are some pieces that you could change. But I guess, let's see, what's the best way to do this? Let's call Christian Gonzalez, Isaiah Lewis, Makai Blackman starters. Um, behind that, like I said, you've got Chris Miller, likely a starter. Um, and then behind him, you've got, Mark Perry tied with Ray Robinson. And then a better way to say this is going to be Torn Pittman with Curtis Appleton, those two tied with Nigel Bethel at cornerback, just in terms of who gets on the field. If if Nigel Bethel can kind of climb those ranks and surpass what? Like the the Ray Robinson, Mark Perry tier, well then you you either play him at slot or in the slot, you you move Makai inside, you make something fit. Um and that's kind of how I'd handicap that right now. Um, there you go. There's, uh, my current take on what this defensive lineup is going to look at the beginning of the season. Uh, we're going to take a quick break and then get into a DraftKings pick of the week. We're going to be running through some of the draft props because what the draft is only nine days away next Thursday, and we've got time to handle that stuff today. So before we do that, uh, if you are not a member of DMVR, there's a bunch of cool perks that you get if you become one. Um, big beers for the size of small beers at the DMVR bar, access to written content. There's more stuff behind the paywall. Um, weekly deals from the DMVR locker, access to the members only discord, um, which yesterday found out first about what's going on with the spring game. Um, plus right now there's an awesome deal. If you sign up for a membership, an annual membership or anything longer than an annual membership too, you not only get access to all of that stuff, you also get a free shirt from the DMVR locker and you get a Recover Holistic stick from Holistic Wellness. If you're wondering what Holistic Wellness is, well, it's a CBD company and their products are great. The stick that we send has 10 milligrams of CBD. You just take the top off, uh, you pour it in your drink, you stir it around and then you drink it and then that's it. You, you feel the effects of the CBD. It's not psychoactive, it's CBD. Um, but it, it gets great reviews and uh, you can check out yourself. Or if you're ready to commit, it sounds like a cool thing. You can check out holisticwellness.com, H-O-L-I-S-T-I-K, wellness.com. Use the code DMVR30. You can get 30% off your purchase. Um, it's a great deal. Um, so check that out. Breckenridge Brewery is one of my favorite partners. Um, we talked about this yesterday, but we are going to have Breckenridge Seltzers on tap at the DMVR bar sometime soon. I don't know when exactly that day is going to be, but I do know that we had to pick the flavors yesterday and everybody had opinions because there are five seltzers and we can only have three. Um, so a couple people are getting left out. I'm pretty sure that the honeydew people got left out because, I mean, if, if, if there are five options and you have to leave two out, one of the options is honeydew. 
It just you have to not because it's not a good drink, but because it's just the way fruits work. You leave honeydew out. It's the worst one. Um, point is though, you're going to have that at the bar. If you don't want to wait till it's at the bar, you can check it out, um, with uh, pretty much anywhere really, but by using the beer locator on the Breckenridge brewery website, um, it'll tell you exactly where you can pick up whatever it is that you want to try, uh, whether it's the seltzers, whether it's the strawberry sky or the mango mosaic or all the great beers that they have on top of those seltzers. Also the farmhouse is open down in Littleton. There's, um, great food, obviously some drinks. It's, it's on the, the brewery's campus. So there's a lot of cool stuff. There's a lot of cool stuff. Um, it's a cool place down there. One more, we actually have something new to talk about a new ad. Oh, look, and there it's, that's what I was supposed to say. So that's going to sound redundant. Uh, we've got a new partner alert DMVR fam. We've partnered with a premier dispensary for you guys with smoking hot deals to offer. Solace meds, uh, solace. Is it solace? S O L A C E. Um, solace meds has four convenient Colorado locations. One in Fort Collins, uh, Wheat Ridge, one off of Broadway, and one just blocks away on East Colfax from the DNVR bar. Um, the coolest thing right now about these guys is they are giving away a trip to Jamaica in the month of April. No BS. Um, head into one of their six locations. Two of them are in Oklahoma City. And sign up to win a trip to Jamaica. They'll give you all the details on how to enter, or you can visit solacemeds.com slash sweepstakes to find the rules. Um, or just head into any location and ask a bud tender how you can enter to win. Uh, Solace Meds makes your cannabis shopping experience a delight. You can head to their website, view their menu, order online, and pick up at your convenience. Just head to solacemeds.com and purchase from there. The Jamaica trip is a seven-night, all-inclusive trip to paradise. Again, Sauce Meds is located just blocks east on Colfax from the DMVR bar. Uh, they have other locations off Broadway, Wheat Ridge, in Fort Collins. And when you make your purchase, be sure to use the code DNVR20 to save 20% off your entire purchase. There's no better way to celebrate 420 and the month of April than with some great herb the best customer service, 20% off your purchase, and a chance to win a trip to Jamaica. So head on into the closest Solace Meds, use the code DMVR20 for 20% off, and get your name in that raffle. No purchase necessary, open to legal residents of Colorado, 21 and up, or Oklahoma, 18 and up, ends 43021. Official rules at solacemeds.com slash sweepstakes. Void where prohibited. This raffle ends on April 30th. So show these guys some DMVR love and make sure you get in before 430 to enter to win that Jamaica trip. Let us know and tag us when you do. Okay. Um, before we get out of here, we're going to talk through some of the awesome draft props from our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. So here is your DraftKings pick of the week. Um, so we've actually been talking about a bunch of these on the Draft Podcast, obviously, because what other kinds of things would you really talk about on there? But a lot of these lines are moving. And so I'm kind of curious what we're going to see here. Um, wow, even odds on Justin Fields and Mac Jones 
to be the third overall pick, plus 100 for either of them. That's tempting. I, if you're going that way, I'd probably take Mac Jones. Um, to be a top five pick. Okay, I found a really good one. Um, Rashawn Slater. They've set his draft position line at nine and a half. That means if, if you want to bet over nine and a half, that means that he will be picked with a pick higher than nine and a half. So like the 10th pick, 11th pick, something after the ninth pick. Uh, if you take the under nine and a half, it's the opposite. Uh, that means you need him to be picked ninth overall or earlier. I don't know how he gets picked before number 10. Um, because when you look through it, I, I think that you're probably, at a minimum, you're going to have four quarterbacks off the board. You're going to have Penny Sewell off the board. You're going to have Kyle Pitts off the board. So what are we at? There, there's six that will absolutely be drafted ahead of Rashawn Slater. From there, is there a fifth quarterback? I mean, if Mac Jones is going to get drafted at three, then I think that there definitely will be. Um, you've got uh, Jamar Chase is probably, I mean, one of the three receivers is absolutely off the board, and it's probably Jamar Chase. And there's probably more receivers than that. And so when you get through what? We've, we came up with seven guys, eight if you want to count Mac Jones, um, who will be taken ahead of Rashawn Slater. And from there, let's call it seven. Let's say, do you think that two of the rest of Mac Jones, um, Patrick Sertain, um, two other receivers like Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddell, um, honestly, the other cornerbacks probably factor in. I, I think that you you won't see Slater go before number 10. So we're going to take that over nine and a half. Real quick, is there anything else good in there? Um, wow, these are all... Outside of that, I really don't love a lot of these position props. That's the big one. That's the big one. If you want to make one bet on this draft... Bet on Rashawn Slater to go 10th or later. And I really hope that I don't sound stupid for saying this, but I don't know how I would. I don't know what teams would convince themselves. Like, the 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 thing about Rashawn Slater, so he's, he's the Northwestern left tackle. Um, he's best known for the game where he shut down Chase Young. Um, but on the plays where Chase Young was on the other side, like rushing the right tackle side, he did give up multiple sacks in that game. And so everybody, like, the, the reason he is this or seen as this type of prospect is because of that one game. And even in that game, there were some plays you look at and you're like, sure, you stopped Chase Young, which means you're capable of doing that and the NFL's about upside and all that kind of stuff. But you got blown by by... It, it, yeah, that that's basically my take on Rashawn Slater. And that... I, I don't see how he's top 10. So there you go. There's your DraftKings pick of the week. Um, again, I'll be back here on Wednesday. Oh, I was going to see who we're talking to. One second. Let me scroll through this. Um, there we go. Today's the 20th, so tomorrow's the 21st. Oh, we've got Mitch Rodrieg, the offensive line coach. Brian Michalowski, the uh, outside linebackers coach. And we'll get Kari Cooch, the offensive lineman. So that's going to be a fun one. Um and then on Thursday, of course, talking with Libby Garrity, Hannah Schartz, the two captains of the soccer team. And then Friday is the third scrimmage. And we'll be hearing from Carl Durrell, Levante Chenault, and Jalen Sami. 
So that's the plan for the rest of the week, and I will see you guys tomorrow. I think they like my Colorado swag, cause when I'm in it play, I don't really, I don't really know just how to act. And when I'm in it go, you know I'm acting bad. Holly get a bus with my Colorado swag, my Colorado swag, my Colorado swag. I think they like, I think they like my Colorado swag, my Colorado swag, my Colorado swag. Man, I swear, I think they like my Colorado swag, my Colorado swag.